Hey there, I'm Marjorie Stiegler, and you're listening to the Career Prescription Podcast, where we tackle the important things they don't teach you in medical school, like how to treat your career like the business it really is, with strategies to accelerate the kind of success that you want, because you deserve a career you love and a career that loves you back. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there. Today we're going to tackle a question that's actually quite common that I think I've never really addressed before on this show. It comes from a listener. I will read it to you here in a minute in in her own words, but it's really about what are the downsides to leaving medicine for a non-clinical career. I think it's such an important consideration. And so let me read to you uh, the note that I got. um, And I think it, it asks really many questions. I'll try to address as many of them as I can. So my listener writes, Hey Marjorie, my name is Aisha. I just started my journey to non-clinical pharma and I'm very closely following your amazing podcast. Thank you. Thanks Aisha. Uh, I do have one major fear though, or maybe many. I'm a pediatric gastroenterologist and I've been practicing for 13 years, but I feel like I am stagnating. I'm very excited to learn something new, and I'm really excited to grow. But what worries me is, will I miss seeing my patients? Will I miss the thrill of solving a complicated case or a hard procedure? Will I eventually get bored with pharma? What if I don't like it? I'm well known in my specialty today. Will I have to rebuild my brand again if I go back to clinical practice? What if I forget how to do procedures that I haven't done in a while? And I've never had to think about being laid off as a physician, which provides pretty good job security. But now it makes me think, will I be laid off if the company doesn't do well? This is the first time I've thought about job security. And finally, will I lose my credibility as a physician since I would not be a practicing physician? So these are my questions. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. These are amazing questions. These are really, really good questions, and they're very common questions. And so I will um, try to address them as best I can. Um, it really important, you know, to say first and foremost that obviously everybody's experience as a clinician is a little bit different. So you know, only you know what you have been experiencing in your practice and what really sort of lights you up and and what gives you energy. And only you know what kinds of things will light you up potentially in an industry job um, and or or what you won't like. So I'm going to try to, I obviously can't answer the question of, you know, will you like it (laughs) or, or will you miss things? But I can try to put into context how to think about that. Before I answer these specific questions, I want all my listeners to remember you can also get in touch with me this way. You can send me an email or you can send me a voice memo to marjorie at marjoriestieglermd.com. And I love to get your questions. They do inspire many of my episodes. And uh, sometimes I get so many of the same ones that I don't have an opportunity to call out a listener by name. And sometimes I do, like today. Okay, 
So thinking about this message, first of all, I want to really commend you for calling out your um, being excited to learn something new and to grow. That is a really, really important thing because it's essential that you have something that you're looking forward to in your new career. Many, many people um, do sometimes feel stagnant or they feel a little bit bored or sometimes they feel burnt out or, or they have many, many feelings about their current work, but it's very important to think about what are you looking forward to in the new career rather than what are you trying to get away from? Because very often, you know, there will be things in in any career, in any job, in any role, in any company that you don't love. There's always going to be that. So uh, there's always going to be the potential for stress. There's always going to be the potential uh, for, for boredom. There's always going to be the potential for burnout. So really important to have a good reason uh, for wanting to go towards a new career rather than just, you know, sort of an idea that if I just get out of clinical medicine, I will leave all of those troubles behind because that's that's not really the case. Now, to will I miss seeing patients and miss the thrill of, of a complicated case or hard procedure? You know, many physicians that are in industry now, myself included, really look back on the clinical time with a lot of fondness. You know, I loved uh, trauma. I loved being in the OR or in the uh, emergency bay, really taking care of really high stakes cases and making an, a really big, you know, life saving impact on a patient. So I, I very much found that meaningful. I found it enjoyable. Um, it was a little bit thrilling. I wouldn't say today that I miss it. And I think many physicians feel the same way. They they liked it at the, at the time, right? But they didn't really miss it today. It's not uh, like a hole in the heart. You know, you, you look back and you say, yeah, I really loved doing that. It's usually not missing. Um, however, having said that, many pharma companies, medical device companies are more than happy for their physicians to maintain a a small amount of clinical practice. Usually this is on the order of a half a day to a day a week. And that they know has a variety of benefits uh, for the company, but also for you, of course, but for the company so that their physicians can continue to stay up to date on their board certification and on their licensure. And it adds some, you know, scientific credence to be able to say, you know, that, that the physicians who are working here are also still clinically active now, don't get me wrong, most companies do not require that, but they usually will support it if it's something that you want to do. So those are some considerations. I don't know if you'll miss it. Many people don't uh, actively miss it. But if you do think you'll miss it, you probably can still do it. All right, what about uh, your questions, will I eventually get bored with pharma? And what if I don't like it? These are really good questions. It shows that you're having insight and you're being really thoughtful about your career progression. I don't know if you would get bored um, it because there's a lot of movement. You know, industry careers are very, very dynamic. There's always something new and different to do because there's always new medicines in development. So you're, you will literally not be doing the same thing year upon year, even if you kept the exact same job. But more than likely, you'll move through a ladder or a lattice of career progression where people tend to change uh, their roles every couple of years, either within the same company or in another company. 
that's just sort of the cadence within industry. It is a great way to advance and get promoted and have different experiences and uh, learn new skills and, and be in different environments. So I think it's very unlikely that you would be bored. But again, I don't know what lights you up and uh, only you know that. So if you haven't had a chance, please do take a listen to my um, series of episodes about the different kinds of jobs within pharma, because the one or more might suit you better, right? Research and development versus pharmacovigilance versus medical affairs and so on. These are quite different types of jobs. And one might be, you know, more exciting to you than another. Now, what if you don't like it? Well, the easy answer to what if you don't like it is you can always go back to what you're doing today. I know that many physicians feel like they're sort of standing on the edge of a cliff and that if they jump or when they jump, it's a permanent decision uh, to, you know, and the, and the language that people use, it seems very definitive, right? Like, what if I leave clinical medicine or I quit clinical medicine? And it really does sound very permanent, but it's not. I don't know many physicians who have come to industry and decided to go back to clinical medicine, but the small number that I'm aware of have not had a problem doing so. So they decided that industry wasn't for them and they went right back to clinical practice and was not a problem. So if you don't like it, the answer is you go do something else, either something new and different or the same thing that you're doing today. It's not permanent. But this is a great segue into your question about being well-known right now and will you have to build your brand again um, if you do go back. So again, I don't know your practice um, environment and whether or not you have your own patients or if you're in academics and patients are essentially are just referred to you. I think if you're well-known within your community, you'll still be well-known in a couple of years. So if you took a year or two pause to explore a different career and you ended up going back. Uh, which is probably the timeline that it would happen. Um, I, I don't think you will have lost anything. People will still know you. It would be pretty unlikely for somebody to come and work in industry for you know a decade or you know a very long period of time and then want to go back. In that case, I suppose you probably would need to build your brand again because it's likely that you you know the patients won't know you anymore. Um, the leaders in your institution may not know you, and and certainly many of your colleagues may not know you. But again, I'll say I think it's really pretty uncommon for someone to uh, move on from clinical medicine into a non-clinical role for a long number of years and then decide to go back to clinical medicine. Generally, what I have observed and what most of my colleagues say is that physicians can recognize really pretty quickly within you know a year, 18 months or so, whether or not they have made the right decision, right? Whether they feel like they enjoy the work, it's meaningful to them, and whether they miss what they were doing before. So it's usually not a prolonged period of time. But even if it is, to your question of what if I forget how to do procedures that I haven't done in a while, I think that's a legitimate question. I don't know for every specialty, but uh, many, especially procedural specialties, do have formal re-entry programs for people who have taken a break from their clinical practice for whatever reason and want to spend um, it could be months to to perhaps to years. I don't really know all the details, but to spend a period of time in a semi-supervised educational type of setting, similar to residency or fellowship, 
so that they can get up to date on what is sort of the current standard of care and what is the most current way, the technologies and the ways of doing procedures. So I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't worry about, you know, because certainly technology and and medicine and knowledge is advancing at a very rapid clip. So if you step away from clinical practice for a while, it's pretty likely that when you come back, even if you haven't forgotten what you were doing before, maybe the best thing to do is something different. So there will be a learning curve and there are mechanisms for this. There's either formal programs like that, or, you know, you can just go back potentially to work in a practice where there is an opportunity to learn from your colleagues and where you have the sort of support of a larger department, uh, whereby you can have that learning experience sort of on the job as you re-enter. Because we're all lifelong learners, that's always the case. Even when you were an early attending, surely there are things that you taught yourself or that were new that came on the scene post-training for you. So I would not worry about that. There's definitely a way uh, to address that. One thing in the back of my mind, though, for especially for procedural uh, physicians is that your your licensure or your board certification may have a requirement for a number of clinical hours. And if you don't have any in a certain period of time, um, then you may not be eligible for your renewal. So pretty important to check with the requirements before you make your plans. If Because if you're not sure and you want to be able to keep your license and your board certification and none of that to lapse, if you do need contact hours with patients, um, probably pretty important to arrange for some kind of part-time or locums or volunteer uh, work that is enough to, to keep you fresh in that way. Okay, moving on, because you did have so many great questions. What about if you are laid off? This is uh, really, really a, it's a very common um, physician question, and I think it's a little bit of a misconception. Many doctors feel like they have tremendous job security, especially in academics, um, as a practicing physician. It just, it feels like there is absolute job security. And I think people are well aware that in the corporate world, that's not the case because companies have all kinds of changes. They have internal changes, there's mergers, there's acquisitions, there's demergers. And certainly in, in medicine, in, in drug development, there are lots of medicines that are progressing through the R&D pipeline and don't end up being suitable candidates. And so I are either uh, are not approved or they don't even make it so far as to um, try to get them approved. And when that happens, there's a lot of changes internally. So people do feel like there's a whole lot of insecurity um, in industry, but I don't think that's really the right way of looking at it. I don't think it's an insecure place to be. It is just a very dynamic place. So if there are changes within your company or within the medicine that you're working on or or any other reason why, you know, there's changes in your role and it's, you know, it becomes uh, no longer needed, there are uh, absolutely mechanisms for for you to be doing something else. So companies are very good at understanding where they will move their talent when things like that happens. And, and so that's not something really that I lose a lot of sleep over. Also, most companies have really pretty robust uh, programs in place for separation, including severance, so that you can have a little bit of that, that buffer as you look for a new job if that's, the, if that's necessary. I also would sort of challenge and push back a little bit on the idea that you have total job security within 
uh, academics or private practice, you know, as a practicing physician. I, I do know that a lot of people feel that way. But I think, you know, COVID has shown a lot of our practices that that there can be dramatic shifts in the amount of uh, patients that we take care of and where those patients are concentrated and what kind of care they need. And at the end of the day, that that is what pays the bills, right? Even if they if it's paid to your department or to your hospital, the way in which your your salary is generated obviously depends upon um, delivering health care. And that can really change. Not only can the, the desire or the need uh, for that healthcare evaluation or service change, but so can the reimbursement for it. And so while you may always be busy, I don't know if your job security in the sense of, of um, financial security is really uh, as much in your control as it feels like. That that might not be the case. I think that's a little bit of um, an illusion that a lot of people hold. I know so many physicians and, and nurses and other healthcare professionals too have really expressed that over the last several years in particular, they feel like they are being worked harder and harder and harder, you know, longer and longer hours, um, higher level stress work for either the same pay or a little bit less pay, uh, which is, I mean, you have a job, right? But but there's something about that that um, that I think is worth considering. And of course, there are people uh, who have been laid off or people who have just found their practice conditions to be um, unacceptable and have left. So I don't know, but that's my two or three cents about job security. Uh, finally, to your question about, will I lose credibility as a physician if I'm not a practicing physician? You know, I, I don't think so. I, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. But, you know, we have people who are retired physicians and we still view them as physicians and doesn't really matter when they chose to retire, right? Those people are still physicians. And certainly someone who is still working in healthcare is absolutely a physician. And when you think about the contribution that you're making, not only to the healthcare system in general, but to the many, many, many patients, sometimes millions of patients who will be uh, relying on and having health benefits from uh, developments in new medicines, I would say that's absolutely, is that is that not absolutely being a physician? That's really um, meeting a health need that a, a patient has and also meeting the needs that your colleagues have in terms of how they can best treat their patients. Um, to me, there's, there's nothing about that that feels far away from medicine. It's just a different way, I think, of, of making a difference with your same education and your same uh, professional stature. There will be people who don't understand your decision. Certainly there are people who are confused when physicians leave clinical medicine for industry roles, whether it's in pharma or medical device or industry or consulting or um, insurance or, I mean, there's any any number of places uh, where physicians go uh, when they have pivoted away from clinical medicine. And a lot of times our colleagues are confused by it. A lot of times they're very interested in following in your footsteps. So I wouldn't lose any sleep over whether or not everyone understands or agrees with your decision. So thank you again for the really, really thoughtful and detailed uh, communication with all of these wonderful questions. Um, I hope that that my answers to you are helpful to you. And I also hope that they're really helpful to my other listeners. I 
I do think they resonate with a lot of people. They sound really familiar, things I hear again and again and again. So I've tried to put them all here together in an episode that feels, you know, meaty enough to to listen to. And I hope that this has helped for you to think about uh, your your current career and your potential future career. Best of luck. Before you go, please review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Your support makes all the difference, and it truly helps this information reach someone just like you who may really need it. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.